Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Silicon Sasquatch podcast. Uh, I'm your moderator for today, Spencer Tordoff. Joining me, we have Nick Cummings. Hey there. And Aaron Thayer. Hello, peoples. And we have kind of an interesting recent development to talk about today, or at least it's uh, recent when we're recording it. Apparently, Nintendo has registered itself on YouTube and has begun to file content ID matches on videos containing uh, Nintendo content, specifically uh, Let's Play videos. Now, if you're not familiar, Let's Plays are a video playthrough where somebody plays a game, records the, the game, and provides their commentary over it. Uh, there's thousands, probably millions, of this type of video uh, out there on the internet today, and on YouTube specifically. And what this is kind of indicating is that Nintendo wants a cut of the ad revenue, which is really what uh, most YouTubers are trying to get by posting videos on a consistent basis. They're trying to uh, make a reasonable amount of money uh, playing games and offering their commentary. So what are your thoughts on this possible trend, gentlemen? I'll just jump in here and say it's pretty scary. At, at first blush, when we were talking about it earlier tonight, I was thinking, you know, Okay, well, yeah, Nintendo owns the IP, they created it, maybe they have some sort of stake to any reproductions of it, you know, fair use aside. And then I was kind of thinking, I was like, no, I don't know about that, because I can't think of any equivalent in any other medium where taking an original thing, and then, like, not just talking over it, like, video commentary, but, like, playing it a certain way, creating a sort of reproduction, that's, I think that adds a, a complicated layer to it, and it's a little bit disconcerting that a, a major publisher and developer like nintendo is like saying yo this is our money now and it's not just like from my understanding it's not just like saying we'll take a cut of the ad revenue it's like we're going to put ads on your video and you're not going to get any money from them anymore that was the uh the implication of the article anyway yeah aaron any thoughts initially from you yeah it's like a great wall of um revenue that they're putting up to block anybody from making money off of it but I think this is just a problem indicative of the the way we consume technology now. Like, I don't imagine that a hundred years ago, anybody who say had a book that came out uh, and performed that book or read it out loud in some sort of public function was then taxed by or prevented from charging for that event by the publisher. So I can see honestly why Nintendo would do this from a business standpoint, but. The immediate counter-argument is what about the credit, the desire, and the fervor of these Nintendo fans? Because those who are still loyal to Nintendo are very, very loyal. It's probably going to hurt a lot of their reputation for this. Um, I, I personally don't rely on these videos, but these make a big impact in the community. And Nintendo has been the darling for its fans, so doing something like this sounds more in line with something that, like, Microsoft would do. It definitely does. Now, this uh, this kind of triggered a, a big discussion, at least on Twitter, that I saw among games journalists and uh, smaller developers. And the consensus there was that Let's Plays are a really big source of advertising, actually. If somebody likes your game enough to play it and talk about it, and they have a following of people, that's going to make more people interested in the game. And establishing a precedent of basically developer ownership or publisher ownership of any video produced from the game is really a move that uh, threatens to cut off that whole avenue of free advertising. And 
especially for the smaller developers, that's, that is kind of scary. You know, if they sign up with a, a large publisher for one of their titles, well, then are they not going to be able to use that channel to get the word out? It's it's just surprising to see this level of aggressive IP management from Nintendo, only because as far as past sort of examples of this, be it mods or if you guys in our audience might remember um, a few years back when somebody was making a Chrono Trigger sequel or remake, I think there were a couple of different ones at different projects. Square Enix put the kibosh on that. Yeah. But not before it looked awesome and was like a year and a half into development. I think it was like Chrono Resurrection was like the big one. I was like, please let this happen. Yeah, you have to wait until it's pretty much done to then be an, an asshole about it. But those sort of stories are what we hear about, be it mods or a remake of a game, not just in this example with Let's Plays, people playing the content, but having it as sort of a Nick brought this up before we started recording a performance of that game, which is a good way to look at that. This just doesn't seem like them, but if, like you're saying, Spencer, the ad revenue potential, well, I, I suppose that's why. So actually kind of what Spencer was saying, I just wanted to mention that there are two games that I love dearly and have spent way too much time playing and talking about, Persona 4 and Deadly Premonition, that I would have never picked up if it hadn't been for people, specifically on Giant Bomb, they actually featured playthroughs of those games in full which is insane if you know how long they are but if it hadn't been for those i would have never bothered to play them but uh with really esoteric titles like you know deadly premonition is basically a really kind of pseudo shitty homage to uh twin peaks with terrible gunplay and yet a bizarrely compelling experience it's it's a good way for indies to get their name out in fact um I was just reading on Twitter, there was an uh, indie developer who was saying that if it hadn't been for people like stealing his content and rebroadcasting on YouTube, like, his game never would have sold that well. That's an important thing that, you know, the publisher mindset is just not going to pay attention to. Now, granted, this isn't true of all publishers, you know, Valve does not seem to care if you stream their uh, content, or for that matter, if you remake whole games of theirs they seem totally okay with it well they even open that hat marketplace for people they want that one person who made five hundred thousand dollars they're encouraging that exactly exactly and of course this just illustrates how valve is sort of the opposite of most uh, publishers sometimes uh the other thing that i was going to note though is that copyright wise this is a very odd gray area and granted i'm probably going to be corrected by my uh, well, the one friend that I have who is an IP <laughs> lawyer. But if I'm not mistaken, if you're talking over pretty much the entire game, I don't see why your recording would not constitute a derivative work. Because if it's just a recording of the game being played with no commentary, then it's like, oh, well, you know, somebody could watch this instead of playing. Right. And maybe that's, that's stealing. But uh, if you have somebody offering commentary... Then, as far as I can conjure, it's similar to somebody making a mashup of two songs, at which point uh, I believe it's already been ruled that that is a uh, new content. That is no longer either previous song, and you cannot attempt to collect royalties. I'm sure Girl Talk could write a whole book on copyright and IP. Yeah, because they <laughs> yeah. still can't sell their music, and uh, nor could, like, like, the Grey album is still, like, kind of a sketchy thing to own. It's gray area, really. Yeah, it's true. Ha. Ha, 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 ha. So maybe, maybe I could ask you guys just to perhaps get at the core of this. What, why you you think Nintendo's doing it now? What, what maybe I don't understand because 
honestly, these Let's Plays are news to me fairly recently before this whole issue came up. Um, so, again, as I said before, it's not a uh, medium of gaming that I've really experienced, but why do you think that they would do that now or be, set the precedent? Well, I have a theory, and it ties into one of the topics that we had considered for this podcast. This is the end of days. <laughs> And, okay, yeah, that's an extreme way to put it. The sky is falling. Also, great great Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> uh, I don't think we're going to see a console generation after this one. I think this is the last console generation. And my evidence for this is very, you know, flimsy and taken here and there. But the fact that Nintendo is pursuing what previously would be kind of small fish... Uh, as far as revenue is concerned, in the form of Google advertisements on videos deriving from its games. Indicates a sort of desperation that one would not expect to see from Nintendo or any of the other console makers or publishers. The fact that they are going after, you know, uh, the the 15 cents scattered on the street <laughs> with such a vigor really just indicates a lack of confidence uh, in the future of their own platform. So not to derail, but are you saying that this is their version of PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live to monetize? Effectively, yes. I mean, let's also consider that uh, the PS4 has built-in streaming, but it has been said, and I can't cite a source on it, but it has been said that there will be Sony-provided ads for the content uh, that is broadcast from the PS4, which... A, kind of extends this whole thing into, well, who owns the ad revenue? Is it you? Is it the platform you played it on? Is it the company that published the game? But additionally, it kind of indicates that Sony's like, oh, well, we've got to make money at this somehow, and apparently it's not from uh, from people playing games, so maybe we'll make money from people watching people play games. So I think you you guys are kind of getting at the point here, um, which is that this is kind of like Nintendo's, like, Nintendo doesn't have a solution, like, built-in streaming and recording of games that Sony is implementing with PS4. I think that there's a big market, bigger than anyone really ever gave much attention to, in streaming, and this is something, Spencer, you can probably talk to, but streaming and uh, recording gameplay. Like, when, it, when you say that, I don't just think of people playing through a single-player game and creating a video walkthrough. I think of, like, how much you pay to watch um, GSL and, like, pro league starcraft play for a season pass or like what it would cost to like watch league of legends with commentary and all that kind of crap you know it's stuff that yes it caters to a niche audience but those are games with million plus strong player bases that are hardcore devoted to the game and that plus you know like we said there are probably it's reasonable to say there's probably a million different youtube videos at least of people playing games with you know some form of commentary or criticism attached it's a big market that the, the publishers and the console owners have not tapped into in any meaningful way so far. So I think that what we're seeing with PS4 and what we've seen so far with that is actually just scratching the surface. And I would be absolutely shocked if we didn't see something similar from uh, the next Xbox, especially with all the um, media center and uh, video integration stuff that's being rumored. So I think, Spencer, you're, you're making a good point, which is that Nintendo missed the boat on this completely. None of their current hardware supports video sharing I mean, the social features, while clever and cute, are very limited in terms of feature set. You cannot share video of a game on the Wii U, and that's unlikely to ever change. So I think part of this is them realizing that if they're going to tap into this market, they kind of have to do it through an IP claim channel rather than a 
hey, let's empower the players to create this content easily with our systems and then, you know, monetize it that way. I think you're totally right that this is their way of um, getting uh, on the wagon, but I don't understand how they can't see that the the lack of respect for this is not going to hurt them in the long run. Like playing catch up, I guess, fine. If the, the monetization is the most important part, then great. Good for your business decision. But this is just crazy how this was even thought of as an option. It, it sounds like something Disney would do and other developers and things. It's just, it's uncharacteristic, but I guess they have to fight to survive if their most um, popular platform right now is a handheld that they probably aren't making as much money as they could on the Wii U if they were doing things right. I mean, let's not uh, fool ourselves here. They're all trying to make money. That is job number one for every developer, every publisher. Uh, I mean, developers will do it for something that they love, but they do have to eat, not to, you know, put too uh, fine of a point on that. So not only does this indicate, you know, Nintendo realizes, oh, we came late to the party on this, we've got nothing in terms of uh, online and social, which, let's be realistic, is has been true since the Wii. But it also indicates that Nintendo, like somebody in Nintendo, probably in the accounting department, weighed how much they could make off of ad revenue versus potential backlash from customers and lost sales over that and said, yeah, okay, we're going to go after this YouTube thing because the numbers come out in our favor. I just want to point out that I love, uh, on a side note, all of your explanations of backroom business dealings do, I do imagine, happen around the smoky boardroom with clandestine characters. Spenders, cigars... Everything. Feet up on the desk. I just imagine some guy in a dress suit with a pocket protector just plugging numbers into an Excel spreadsheet and going, yeah, okay. The one accountant that actually reads our website will probably be offended by that generalization. <laughs> However, he will pull out his pocket protector and make a note to spite you on Twitter. As long as he does not attempt to defend Microsoft Excel to me, because I will hear none of it. Meanwhile, the thousands of people who work in finance or accounting at Microsoft are all kind of nodding their heads and going, okay, yeah, that actually sounds about right. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much what we did for a lot of the Xboxes stuff. Yeah, 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 good job, guys. <laughs> good form. So to ask, since you had brought it up about the PlayStation 4 and Sony ad revenue on that and apparently Nintendo doing this route where it's a whole other company providing the platform, so that's an interesting dichotomy but do you think that this whole idea of let's play do you think this will affect perhaps just nintendo's videos or this will affect the entire um, subgenre of people who do this either for a living or for enjoyment do you think that this is just a a sign of things to come and perhaps even with the playstation 4's built-in sharing it may degrade the experience since i don't know a lot about it i kind of curious so just to jump in real fast here i think there are a couple things that stand out one would be that i think it's going to start a conversation more than anything i think it's going to bring this to the forefront in a way that hasn't happened before like the video sharing features on the ps4 weren't really all that you know significant or noteworthy on their own necessarily until we started seeing how nintendo is trying to monetize others work that was done without the use of largely without the use of like any specific hardware another thing to note is that these consoles are all now requiring HDMI, including the Wii U, which means that HDCP um, high-definition 
copyright protection, I would guess, if I had to make up an acronym for that, is in effect, which is kind of a pain in the ass to break from my understanding. So Not impossible, but yes, a pain in the ass. Yeah, a pain in the ass, and you're not necessarily going to get the best quality uh, capture as a result. Anyway, point being, it's a hurdle that you can easily bypass if you use the built-in you know, services from a PS4. So I think this is, uh, in short, kind of the start of an, a, a broader conversation. I will also point out Marcus Person or Notch, the man famous for Minecraft and the head of Mojang, uh, the developers of Minecraft, uh, actually came out today in the course of this discussion and said, and I'm going to quote it here, we had a meeting with YouTube and got told we could get a cut of all Minecraft video ad revenue. It was tempting. Followed that with, thanks for the nice comments, but remember, we almost did it. We would have backtracked after the feedback, but we almost did it. So I think that Nintendo is just the the first outfit to actually go ahead and do this publicly. Clearly, this is a direction that everything is beginning to move in. And that's kind of concerning for the reasons we've already discussed. I mean, I, I think this is already underway. And the question will be which developer, which... Um, which content producer, which uh, publisher, which console manufacturer does what? Do you think that this will come into play on the PC scene, where perhaps we have stuff like StarCraft match videos and League of Legends stuff, but do you think that this is a console-specific problem with the, the big three manufacturers and developers, or this is just something that's going to happen uh, platform-wide? I think the console manufacturers are the most scared right now because they have the most on the line and they are in the most dangerous position. Like, I don't think that Blizzard, despite dwindling WoW numbers, is necessarily hurting for cash. I also don't think that Valve has a lot to be worried about from their perspective. And really beyond that, what do you have? I mean, there's a lot of indies on the PC and there are some successful companies that publish first on PC. I don't see them having a big incentive to go after a crowd that's already a lot more DIY typically than a console-focused group. The most you can hope to do to contain the PC crowd is to make it easier for them to share through your tools. And some outfits already do that. But yes, the PC crowd is so DIY that any attempt to lock them down is just going to make them find ways around it, even more so than with most people. And additionally, I, I would agree with Nick that I don't think that they're quite so concerned because, well, let's consider Activision will always leave Blizzard to do its own thing. Blizzard is not worried for money. They're going to unveil their next-gen MMO. It's going to make fat stacks of cash. <laughs> and that's just how that's going to play out. Valve also doesn't really care. They want people live-streaming uh, Counter-Strike and uh, TF2 because that that makes money for them, and they have always been kind of open on that. They, they've never tried to lock down, really, any of their content streams, because they found that people playing with their stuff tends to make them more money anyway. I think that this is of particular note for the console builders. In particular, and we were discussing this a little bit before we started recording, it really depends on perspective, but it seems like the floor on $60 games is about to fall out where you have really ridiculously slim margins for games that came out recently. What was it? Uh, Take-Two posted how much of a loss? 31.2 million, I believe. 31.2 million, and that's after selling, verifiably selling, uh, 3.7 million copies of Bioshock Infinite, not including digital. That is ridiculous. 
that is a really successful game by any metric, and they're still losing money. So, at least from the uh, perspective of the builders, and we'll see what uh, what happens with the publishers, but from the perspective of the builders, they need to continue making money on these hardware devices that they've created, even as fewer people are willing to shell out $60 for a game. Because there's such a, a razor-thin margin on these games that they are beginning to appear to be not the not the way to make money. So could that be why all the rumors point to, and in some ways we've seen that with the Wii U and what we've seen on the PlayStation 4, that the next Xbox and its ilk will have the, the multimedia powerhouse platform where they're diversifying their own machine to do more than just play games because, like you're pointing out, the monetization of just making a $60 AAA game is not cutting it anymore. Uh, they have to be the end-all, be-all. But then, you know, that's a whole other argument. We've mentioned that in other podcasts and articles about the, the validity of that. But I think if we're if we're looking at this at face value, then yeah, trying to monetize the Let's Play videos, in Nintendo's case, is grasping at straws, and it's just kind of indicative of the way the console industry is going to focus on the other ways to make money instead of just playing and making games anymore. It's, it doesn't cut it. And I want to um, just throw in here, from my perspective on Microsoft, and I did not work there long, and I worked there in probably one of the lowest capacities that you can work at Microsoft. But my understanding of the culture there is that once the PlayStation 4 got announced, even if they weren't planning on doing consoles or on doing uh, streaming from the new Xbox, somebody went to the development team and said, we're doing this. You have to make this work by the time we announce it because we're doing it. So that's that's pretty much going to happen at this point. I will be shocked if the announcement that's coming up does not have uh, some type of streaming component. I suppose in my late 20s now, don't worry, I'm not taking us on a philosophical journey, but I hope not. Uh, yeah, when I look at my habits and how I game, um, I, I'm finding myself more and more detached from um, caring in general about the industry. And so that's not a negative necessarily, so let me explain. I am definitely becoming more calloused and perhaps better word, is focused on just the things I like to do and enjoy. And I kind of make excuses for the rest of it. For example, with this, again, I don't utilize Let's Play. I do sympathize with the people who uh, are perhaps making money off of this right now, in the case of Nintendo games, and no longer will be able to. But it doesn't affect me in terms of a gaming sense. So I, I don't really care as far as it's not going to affect what game I get next. I don't buy my games off of that. However, if I'm looking at how I want the industry to develop and grow, and on a moral standpoint, I think that this is disgusting, as we had kind of put at the forefront of this discussion. It is slimy. It just reeks of business practices that do seem desperate for Nintendo and I'm glad that I have a 3DS and that there's content coming out for that, but it makes me less hopeful for the future of the Wii U if this is what their focus is and this is how they're trying to wring out cash uh, here and there just to stay afloat. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but if this happens to other games on YouTube, it's just going to be a wide 
backlash for the entire industry, and I don't think it's going to sit well with consumers, and it will just trickle down from there and make the next generation look ridiculous. But hey, if Xbox and PlayStation have the sharing for video, and that's all people care about and it's actually useful, then I guess this discussion doesn't matter for the masses that will adopt the consoles. I'm going to um, jump in with my closing thought here. I don't see this trend going away. It's definitely going to escalate from where we are. Um, More and more publishers and developers are going to do it. My words for them are open or die. Because basically, they are going to drive people away by trying to restrict and control that revenue stream. They are going to drive consumers away from their products by attempting to lock things down. You know, this is the same thing that has happened with a lot of other types of technologies. The online passes for EA leap to mind. There's also numerous forms of restrictive DRM that drive consumers away from a product. And this is just one more step. If somebody even has the inkling that they would like to start doing live streams or Let's Plays, but they know what they're buying is from a company that's going to restrict that, why would they even start? Why would they even attempt to do a live stream or a Let's Play on that? Where's the incentive? At which point, they're not going to do it. There's not going to be as much publicity around the game. There's not going to be as much buzz. I mean, not to, you know, jab too hard at the news agencies, but... They'll count anything as news. You could get picked up by that, doing a live stream, as long as it's not from one of the uh, companies that's locking everything down. So I I really think this is going to backfire on Nintendo in particular, and probably, depending on how it's executed, on uh, Sony and Microsoft, because they are probably going to be trying to drive things through their own channels. And that's just not going to play well with people who want to record games. So I wanted to tie this all back to um, something that just occurred to me while we were having this conversation, which was uh, I just was thinking about something that uh, I heard. So I, I, I went to go see uh, Gabe Newell speak at the University of Texas a few months ago. Name dropping like crazy. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you know, shout out to my homeboy, <laughs> Gabe Ann. Uh, no, it was it was leading up to his GDC talk, which uh, was pretty heavily publicized. And basically what he was talking about was the future of games and consoles and things. And he posed this new definition of games, which is what they're using internally at Valve as the definition of a game. Because they're trying to figure out what the hell they could really call, like, how they should focus development, what they should look at as, like, kind of the end goal or purpose of a game. And, like, what they came up with is this definition that that saw games as platforms for content creation. Which is kind of weird, because they're not talking about, like, goals or objectives or anything like that. But that's... When they look at, like, what's been successful and the business models they've expanded to with, like, you know, it started with TF2 hats and then opening up creation of new types of content. Portal has stuff. Dota 2. All these kind of, like, open-ended things. Steam Workshop. They basically have fully embraced this notion, and I think very smartly, that games are so intrinsically honed to, and purposed, really, to enable people to create things. Whether that's a playthrough experience, it's unique or actual content to be shared and distributed, that that is where things are going. That is the framework to be thinking about them within. So with that framework in mind of games being this platform for creation, my money is on Steam and it's on Valve and it's on Gabe Newell, that that is the smart way to make your money, which is that you create these platforms for content creation where you enable other people actually to not just become famous and well-distributed, but also to make a business off of the things, to make money off of making dumb little hats. 
which was you know just scratching the surface of user content creation. So the way that you can make money as a developer or as a publisher or as a platform provider is to create better tools and better platforms for people to create and share things within. I would say that a natural extension of that is this video let's play content creation type thing where people are creating these you know um, personalized video audio video walkthroughs of games and all kinds of other things in between. Long story short, any company that tries to get the, the fast buck off of that by taking money from content creators is in the long term going to suffer for it. That sounded like a threat. It's not really a threat. It's more <laughs> just a guess. But they will suffer. Spencer also said open or die. So <laughs> yes, I, I feel like in the end, this is just a threatening letter that we're enveloping to. Dear the, Nintendo, uh... stop bullying me. <laughs> Yeah, we should probably deliver that to them. We should uh, berate them on Twitter like the appropriate 13-year-olds who probably do a lot of the Let's Play videos. I'm sorry, that was inappropriate. I'm going to record this all when I'm done to uh, to a cassette tape, and I'm going to send it with a dead pigeon to Nintendo headquarters. Just don't make an anthrax joke. <laughs> I wouldn't dare. I... Put it in a bag that says, dead pigeon, do not eat. <laughs> <laughs> Terrorist! <laughs> uh, I don't know what I expected. Well, that concludes our thoughts. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Silicon Sasquatch podcast. And from all of us here, myself, Nick Cummings. That's me. And Aaron Thayer. I'm not Nick. <laughs> Neither am I. Thank you for listening. We hope you tune in again. Bye. Bye. Bye forever. <laughs> Till next time. Please uh, like our YouTube page. Um, so we can monetize it. Thank you. Please plus one our YouTube page. I do non-stop let's plays of Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri. Uh, so that's what I do. Plus one to Chechnya. Hashtag rent money. The Silicon Sasquatch podcast is a production of SiliconSasquatch.com. Our producer is Spencer Tordoff, that's me. Our contributors for this episode were Nick Cummings and Aaron Thayer, and the remainder of our editorial staff is Tyler Martin and Doug Bonham. If you'd like to check out more of our stuff, siliconsasquatch.com is the address, and if you are somebody who believes you have been threatened by us on this particular podcast, we really didn't mean it. That was just a joke. Thank you for your understanding.